What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Neil Olshay spoke to the media on Monday, uh, addressing the Portland local media for the first time since Terry Stotts was let go and since the season ended. He spoke at length for about a half hour about the decision to fire Terry Stotts, what he's looking for in an, in his next head coach, um, how he'll approach roster building, and uh, a couple other things. And so what I want to play for you in the show today is a couple sound bites from that uh, news conference. Neil basically does not talk to the media. He talks at the beginning of the year. He talks at the end of the year. Um, you know, he gives, he grants uh, off-the-record conversations with some people, uh, occasionally on-the-record conversations during the year uh, with the, the Blazers broadcast affiliate NBC Sports, but he he doesn't really talk to the media very very often publicly. So I think when he does speak, it's important to listen, and um, I think you can take some stuff away. Uh, in general, sort of my general thought about this press conference was that Neil got Neil had about 15 minutes in him, and then uh, the second 15 minutes he lost a lot of patience and he was um, maybe unnecessarily rude or a little maybe combative is actually the right term. I don't know if rude is is really true, but I I, I do believe he was he was unnecessarily combative in the second half of this of this news conference and you can find it available and kgw excuse me website um it's it the blazers will probably put it up on their youtube page eventually but i have not seen it as i'm hitting record on this one the uh history major in me wants you to go you know visit the source material despite me citing some sources here um just because i think some of the um some of sort of the viral quotes that were shared on um on Twitter and, and social media channels, while they weren't untrue, um, I think Neil, he, he said some things that even when like sort of put in context are a little bit embarrassing and we're going to, I'm going to play them here for you in a second, but like he, um, there were some things that were kind of just like cherry picked to be like, wow, this is a dumb thing to say. There were some dumb things that he said, but I don't, I don't know if just like a 280 character tweet on Twitter, like fully encapsulated it. it Neil was pretty combative. Go watch the interview. He was he was weird and combative. He got caught up on weird things. He was mad about um, Aaron French's of the Oregonian calling uh, the Blazers, saying the Blazers have three small guards. He was very resistant to the idea that Damian Lode is a small guard. You know, just who, who knows? Um, but he was. But what I want to do for you in this episode today is play three sound bites and kind of they're, they're sort of the three big takeaways. I think they help um, by kind of paint a picture of what, what this what has gone on to date and what's going to happen this um, this summer moving forward uh, with this with the coaching search and with with the roster et cetera et cetera um, there's some there's some notable stuff here so we're gonna we're gonna get into that so this first clip is a question from Jason Quick asking about uh, Neil Olshay's job security something that many of you listeners have been curious about now that Terry Stotts is gone uh, is is Neil going to be uh, is Neil next? Um, and I've said repeatedly that no, I, I don't think he is. Um, and Neil here addresses that question. And then at the very end, there's a wonderful little carrot that we'll discuss after you hear the audio. Neil, what kind of feedback have you gotten regarding your job security? Well, I'm running the coaching search. Um, I have multiple years left on my contract. I think the feeling is that in this instance, Jason, while in the past there might be questions, um, the first round loss and the defensive rating at 29 was not a, not a product of the roster. Um, I will tell you that all of us, myself included, 
serve at the pleasure of Jody Allen, and we will all be here for as long as she sees value in our contribution. So the big takeaway here is Neil Olshay saying that the 29th rated defense and the first round exit was not a product of the roster. And in a, in a question that was an, uh, a question about his job security and what he did there is pass the buck. The buck does not stop here. It stops there or over there, but it does not stop here. Um, this was like this was one of the things that was that was viral on social media. Um, this quote, and I I think it deserves some attention because while it's true that Terry Stott should not have been coaching the worst defensive team in the league or the second worst defensive team in the league, like it's unacceptable and it's a reason why you lost your job that you were uh, you know coached the 29th best defense in the league. The idea that the roster had no impact is insulting and foolish and i'm not asking neil to say um you know i screwed up and terry took the fell on the sword for me because i don't think that's what happened neil did a pretty good job and i think terry kind of run its course it's easier to change coaches and sort of hear that fresh day-to-day voice um than it is like changing up the the gm and all that etc cetera, etc cetera. um it's the, you know the coach is the easiest person to fire it's easiest easiest thing to change on the roster as a coaching staff or easiest within the franchise rather it's the coaching staff and then and then you can kind of make other moves that ripple out from there right but neil not like I'm not saying like I don't want him to I don't need him or whatever to like accept this like great deal of responsibility but that quote particularly paints it like he had nothing to do with it like Terry Stotts didn't have to coach six foot three Damian Lord and six foot three CJ McCollum and then six foot three Norman Powell who is a competitive defender with long arms but remains a, the size that he is like and then and then and some of this is Terry's doing for sure off the bench but having your best players off the bench be Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor is is just it's the the roster had an impact on the defense and to suggest otherwise is I called it insulting I guess I'll stick with that word it's insulting to the intelligence of the people who cover the team it's insulting to Terry Stotts and it's embarrassing for someone who's in charge of building this roster not to just say uh we should have there's a way to say that without without um you know fully throwing someone under the bus and then getting backing the bus up and making sure you hit them again on the way out Terry Stoss deserved to lose this job probably it was the end of the line but the roster had an impact this is the thing I've been yelling all year that it's not it's it's too binary to say it's one thing or the other Neil fell into that trap here early in the press conference and I thought this was notable this was I did a good job. He did a bad job. And while I th- I do think Neil built a pretty good roster for sure, and I think Terry coached it pretty poorly this year, just didn't get to guys. Um, and and Neil kind of touched on that later in the later in the interview. But um, I, like he, I, I don't think Terry got the most out of out of this group this year. But um, and they shouldn't have been as bad as they were on defense. But that that quote rings. I, I think there's like you could unpack the nuance a little bit of it and say what Neil meant is like they shouldn't have been 29th and they shouldn't have lost game six at home in this. And for sure, for sure, like that's those are facts. Right. But but the 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 way the quote is set up is it just a a sort of a notable dragging from Olshay. And it was kind of the theme of the first half of this presser was that he was really, really shuffling all the blame onto Terry Stotts. Um, He wasn't, you know, I don't know if I'm looking for some sort of like personal accountability from the Blazers president of basketball operations, but like a a modicum of um, preparedness in a way to not say it was all the coach's fault. Like this, this, this answer felt like um, Neil sort of like, um, 
Neil's like tr- true feelings kind of coming out as opposed to sort of a like a, a really prepared um someone who was prepared to answer questions about the coaching staff and the job security. This thing's like, this is like a little bit of too much truth leaking out from, or uh, squeaking out from Neil's lips. Like I, um, and I, that's cool. Like, right. Like as a, as a journalist and as someone who, who has a podcast, like you want, you want to hear dudes tell the truth and you love to like kind of get an insight into what they're really thinking. And this was an insight, but in the moment, sheesh, that's a tough quote. And one that I don't agree with, like I agree with the basic premise of it. Like the Blazers should have been better on both ends and they, and they, in the very least should have made the seventh game of the, of that um, first round playoff series. Uh, they probably should have won the first round playoff series there. They, I think they were a little bit better of a team, but Denver's tough as nails. We'll see what happens in the second round. Maybe everyone will change their tune myself included, but uh but the roster and then the bad defense not being a product of the roster is is absolute is absolutely nonsense. Uh, those two are related. The coach and the GM can both do poorly. That's kind of what I've been saying on this podcast. Uh, like <laughs> I don't know what I really expected, but that that moment really jumped out. Of, I jumped out of the video conference right at me. All right, in the second segment, more Neil audio. Uh, he talked about what he was looking for in a coach and and what that coach will have to do. And in there, it's a little nugget about what the roster might look like when when a new coach is named. But before we get there, we got to talk about credit karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, If you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added to your spend account. Credit Karma has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. So open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make your purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma money progress starts here. So go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. One more time, that's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MV Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com, the family business up and serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. What I love about rockauto.com is they make purchasing auto parts easy. Uh, I got an old Subaru Outback. It's uh, almost 13 years old. And uh, finding old Subaru parts, well, relatively easy in the city of Portland, at your average chain store uh, is is difficult. At your average brick and mortar chain spot, they just aren't going to have parts for, for an older cars. Uh, 
you, you're not going to find what you need. And if you do find what you need, there might be a special price for mechanics as there are for sort of the do-it-yourselfers like me. That's not going to happen at rockauto.com. You're going to find all the parts that you need, the prices, the specifications that you prefer, all delivered directly to your door in a few easy clicks, and always the same price for everybody, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. So we talked about... Uh, <laughs> Neil kind of passing the buck to Terry Stotts. Sure, Terry just lost his job and he's lost his job pretty fairly. Um, and I'm sure Neil was really frustrated with all year and this kind of boiled over in that one little comment. I thought it was a little bit unfair, but mostly I just thought it was notable that he wasn't prepared to kind of um, dial it back a little bit and take, maybe not take some responsibility, but not um, not throw folks under the bus um, in a question that wasn't specifically about the job from, from uh, someone else. You know, this is like, um, are you still going to keep your job? Yeah, it ain't my fault. Like that. <laughs> that seemed um, unnecessary or at least really like noteworthy, like something that we should highlight. So I highlighted in the first segment. But what I want to talk about here is that coaching search. Uh, Neil Olshay detailed a bunch of it. If you if you go check out this interview, like I said, on KGW's website, uh, you'll uh, you'll be able to find like, you know, he'll, you can watch the full 30 minutes of him talking about this and, and 20 minutes, maybe 15, 18 minutes of that is, is just coaching stuff. Um, Neil says he's looking for someone who can help this team be better on defense. Duh. Absolutely a priority. Totally agree. Says a team, a guy who can be impactful in the playoffs. I think this is what really doomed Terry Stotts. He's a really good regular season coach. And when he got to the playoffs a, a couple times, he was just totally overmatched and other times mildly overmatched. Uh, he also said that, um, you know, the, the quote-unquote list of candidates were false. Um, I, you know, from the Woj's reporting and from uh, Quick and Shams's reporting and from Haynes's reporting, that the, the list of candidates were false. Uh, and that the team will eventually have 20 to 25 candidates and they won't begin the actual coaching search, which will include like deep vetting and, and, and all these things until after all of the, their potential candidates are eliminated from the playoffs and, and they can all be interviewed and then they can reach out. And he said, you know, the team hasn't contacted anyone. So those lists are bogus. And I think that that is pardon my language, total bullshit. Um, I think that if you have been planning to fire the co the coach since the uh, immediately when the um, <laughs> immediately when the season ends that you were also planning to hire other people if I like sitting here today uh, Monday evening June 7th uh, I bet they hire Chauncey Billups unless Chauncey Billups goes and gets another better job uh, the reporting from the athletic uh, quick and shams sug suggests that the Damian Lillard's choice was Jason Kidd and management's choice was Chauncey Billups uh the the number one name listed by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN was that was it was Chauncey Billups. Uh, this just seems like that's the that's the dude that Neil wants. Neil has a connection to Chauncey from their time together with the Clippers. Like this, I'm not saying that they won't expand the field to 20 to 25 names. They won't go through this whole process. They might even do that, but they got their guy. I know that they got their guy. Like, I'm just, I'm just, the way that they've done business, I've been around this team enough times. Um, this, those lists didn't come from nowhere. Uh, they, they very almost certainly came from someone in the Blazers front office, if not Neil his dang self. Um, and 
typically like the way they do things with personnel, the guy they choose first and the guy they give money to first is the guy they keep. Like that's, it's, it's, um, it's, it is, it's just, it's a pattern of behavior that I feel comfortable pointing to. So while I do believe that maybe there will be this larger process, I, I, I think that the larger process is, is just because that's like the, the right way to do it. You, you know, keep an open mind, even if you have a choice that you absolutely want. And you've known this choice for months because you always wanted to fire Terry. And he, and he gave you a good reason to by having a horrific defense and then uh, a flaming out in the playoffs. That said, all of that said, Neil talked about his sort of um, what he'd be looking for in a coach in a question from uh, Dwight James of NBC Sports. And I'm going to play you that audio now because there is, again, a little nugget tucked in here that suggests uh, sort of bigger picture stuff than just what uh, the team will look for when they're hiring a coach. And again, that's what this question was about. Uh, Dwight James, it was a long question. I kind of truncated it because it's it's too long to play the full three and a half minute Neil answer. But Dwight James asked, uh, was is there a specific type of coach you'll look for or a type of like that runs a type of system or will you just hire the best coach and kind of figure it out from there? When the coaches interview, they will have to provide a vision as um, you know, we, I think I answer Orlando's question. You know, we've got 80% of our starting lineup on contract and returning. Absolutely. So at least they know what they're dealing with for the most part in terms of how do they get this group to get to another level on the defensive end of the floor. And that will clearly be um, critical in Anybody advancing in the process is they're going to have to prove they're going to have the ability to do that in much the same way some of the coaching hires from last summer were able to do it without a lot of personnel changes. So a couple things that stood out to me here. One, Neil saying, you know, we've got four of uh, four of our five starters locked in under under at, at least for next season. R- Rocco and Nurk both have deals for next season. Uh, Nurk's partially guaranteed, but the Blazers are going to guarantee it. It makes no sense. Um, even if they're going to get rid of Nurk, they're going to guarantee his deal first and then trade him. That's how it's going to work. Um, I believe that's how it has to work, actually, if they're going to trade him. But in any case, like four of the five guys are under contract. He says there's, you know, the coach will have to be here without a ton of personnel movement. Like the, your four starters are locked in. I think this is notable because, um, and we'll talk about this in the third segment, is that this what this sort of on its face suggests that there isn't like a big move coming. And I think Neil was later in this press conference was a little resistant about the narrative of the Blazers needing a second star. And while that's true that that is kind of like um, dominated the sort of talking points, it's it's also true that it, that's what they need. Like they need a bit like Dame needs more help. Um, and, and, and Neil was kind of pushing back against this sort of you guys and your narrative talking about media members, not just uh, male media members too. Cause I believe the question came from coins, AJ McCord, but um <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think the, I think this was like the point in the press conference where Neil was kind of running out of his, running out of sort of his, his wall of patience had run into his wall and was like being a little bit impatient with, with reporters and pushing back on stuff that and just kind of being, being combative for no real reason or because, because he was um, kind of over it. And that's fine. <laughs> he can be over it. He doesn't like to do media and it, it kind of shows when he does. Um, but in any case, like I, I think the little nugget here is that um, the idea is not that they're definitely going to blow it up. Like moving forward, it's like when you're looking for a coach, it's how can you fix what we have here? Because again, I think Neil believes, and I think he believes this strongly, is that they're they're pretty good right now. Like they're pretty good and they should have been better. And I think that's true. Like they are pretty good and should have been better. Like I, that's that's fair. Like that that part of the critique I'm not coming at. But I think like the little nugget here is like, 
mentioning that four or five stars are under long-term contract and saying that any coach that comes in here is going to have to do it without like a major roster overhaul. Um, you know, it kind of depends on what you mean by that. Like the Blazers back half of the roster could change a lot. And Neil did address that in his press conference that like the back half of every NBA roster changes a lot. And like usually spots, you know, eight through 15, that's like the, you know, the back seven half of your roster changes pretty constantly. And even then, like maybe only four or five guys each year are under multi-year deals unless they're rookies. And it's like anyone not on a rookie scale deal or a max deal, like those are short-term contracts and people move around. I, I think that was a like a, a salient point from Neil and a good thing to remember when we're talking about like sort of roster terms over is that that that's that's that is the nature of this game is that guys are signing you know at the most four-year deals and even then are very very rare to sign a four-year deal in free agency so relatively rare i should say but like i i think the larger point here is that in in this sort of question about what what are you looking for in a coach it's defensive upgrades and an ability to get this group these gentlemen dame cj Rocco, and nurk take them to the next level defensively uh you know w- what happens with norm is kind of in some ways uh contingent on what on what norm wants to do and what the blazers do with the rest of their roster we'll talk about that at a later date but like if you have Dame, CJ, Rocco, and Nurk, what, how can you build a, a much more competent, much more competitive defense? I think that is what Neil says there is a very reasonable ask of a coach. Like that's, that's what you want. Um, I just, I just think people got caught up in the like very, and then the roster turnover part, which I think is noteworthy unless you listen to the quote, I'm going to play you in the third segment. Because that kind of, it kind of contradicts it and not like aggressively contradicts it. It just suggests that like the criteria is how can you win with this group because the group might not change. So in that, in that third segment though, there's a little bit of hint that we're going to, I'm going to play for you in a second, a little bit of hint that change is possible. And I'm talking about Christian James McCollum. So in the third segment, I will play you a little bit of that audio, but before we get there, let's talk about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, it's simple. If you are trying to get in on some on some sports betting action, whether that's Major League Baseball or the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, the WNBA regular season, UFC, MMA, whatever it might be, if if that's what you're tr- if you're trying to get in on action, the one place you need to do it is Bet Online. They got real time odds, uh, props on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, they're running contests all the time and uh, and other other things that you can get into to win a little bit of extra money that aren't just like straight up betting on the games a lot of fun ways to get involved that if that is something you're into head on over to betonline.ag sign up today and use the promo code locked on when you're making your first deposit and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus that's betonline.ag the promo code is locked on and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts still a pass first point guard Still Mike Richmond, still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about Neil Olshay's uh, <laughs> uh, sort of preference for coaches, what he thought the pro- previous coach did wrong, what the roster might look like moving forward. Uh, and in that last question that I played you in the second segment, Neil Olshay mentioned that you know four or five starters are under contract and the next coach, whoever it might be, is going to have to prove they can win with this group intact. And quite frankly, I think that's a good approach because if you're asking a, a coach how they're going to, you know, how they're going to do well in this job. They might be before free agency happens. So how they're going to do well with this group is an important, important, like sort of measuring stick for a coach. Um, I don't think that was uh, Neil saying nothing is going to happen. I think it was maybe him setting some expectations that it's hard to do new things. But if you listen closely to the rest of the interview, 
Sean Hyken of Bleacher Report asked Neil Olshay about trading CJ McCollum and what Neil didn't do in that answer is deny it. Let's listen to that audio now. Neil, you've been pretty adamant in past years that breaking up Dame and CJ was something you weren't considering at all. Is that still your stance or are you just kind of looking at everything right now? Sean, you've been here a while. Like, has anything we've ever done gone out in public before it happened with trades or free agency or, you know, we don't, we don't discuss our players in a public forum. It's not fair to them. Um, it's not what we do here. These people are, are human beings that have committed to our franchise. But we also understand that, look, this is a business as evidenced by the fact that we just moved away from a guy I really care about who I thought did an outstanding job for the better part of the last decade. Um, we're going to look to make our team better. Um, nothing is ever off the table if it advances us closer to a championship. But I'm not going to start bandying names about because people in the media think that there's some predetermined resistance to making a trade. You know what? That sounds like a dude who will uh, explore trading CJ McCollum, quite frankly. Uh, that is that is not a denial. That is not an explanation of the challenges of trading CJ. He had cut, Neil had kind of gotten into the challenges of, of acquiring a second star prior in the in, earlier in the press conference, but he, um, quite frankly, I, I this that answer said like, and you can go back, you know, press that rewind button on your on your phone right now, uh, like uh, that answer says to me, reading between the lines is, yeah, we're going to explore trading CJ McCollum, but I don't want to talk about it to you because he's a person and we gave him a hundred million dollars and now I got to get rid of his ass. This, I don't think there's any guarantees. I don't think there's any, any, um, you know, I don't, and I've, I've said it a bunch and we'll talk about it later this week. Like, I don't think trading seasonal column is easy. I like all that stuff. Right. But that answer from Neil Olshay doesn't say, no, it's impossible or no, it's too hard in the past. Uh, one time, uh, I believe it was Jason quick. This was like three years ago. It was like, Hey, are you going to trade CJ? And Neil was like, no, cause we, we just wouldn't get back commensurate value. I remember it because Neil used commensurate. Um, and I thought, uh, thank you for the word of the day, Neil. But uh, that was like, and people kind of freaked out like, oh, he didn't say he wouldn't. He just said he wouldn't because he wouldn't get back value. But like he he just, he he put his cards on the table, right? Like he answered it honestly. Uh, he said, no, you know, we, no, we're not going to trade CJ. We're not going to explore it because we won't get back value. And because like, this is the our best path forward was the implication there. It's like, we got this, the, we just, we got him on the roster. But that's not what that answer was to Sean. That, that, that answer to Sean was, um, was, listen, we're not going to talk about it publicly. We're not going to bandy names about because there is perception that we don't want to make a trade. Well, what Neil's saying there is, y'all have perceived it wrong because I have come to the crossroads and I will at least explore it. Now, exploring a CJ McCollum trade and finding one that improves the franchise, very different things, very far apart, hard to make those paths cross necessarily. But that answer to me, suggests that Neil will be on the phones figuring it the figuring it the heck out one way or another. Like whether whether they can get value for CJ. Like that was just a what that was a dismissed. I'm not going to discuss it. Not I'm not going to do it. And to me, that was noteworthy. When you're when you are listening to Neil O'Shea, he you gotta read. You don't have to like read between like this is not like the finest lines. Like I'm not. This isn't fine tooth comb. This I I am no Sherlock Holmes over here. I'm no Angela Lansbury. But I can tell you when someone says no and when they don't say no. And what Neil did there 
is he didn't say no, which to me means yes, it screams yes, we're going to explore it. Of course, we're going to explore it. We've come to the crossroads where, crossroads where we need to explore it. To me, this was uh, the... These were the three sort of most important sound bites from the uh, from from the presser today from Neil. Like I said, it's it's about thirty five minutes long. It's available on the KGW website. I assume it will be available on the uh, Blazers YouTube page event- eventually. It'll get there. Um, so if if you want to see it, like if you're if you're a fan of the team, uh, it's you know it's the whole presser is as long as this podcast. You could listen to this podcast and then pop back into Neil and then pop back to the podcast and see if I got it right. Um, you know why not listen to this show twice? I would appreciate it. I guess. I won't know. I won't know if you individually listen to it twice, but I'll appreciate the listens nonetheless. One thing that wasn't touched on in the uh, in the press conference, and uh, I was unable to attend because I got a day job outside of sports, and uh, that was that's how it worked out today. But um, the biggest impact on what happens to the Blazers is how much the ownership, how much ownership is willing to spend. Uh, if the ownership kind of clears the, and Neil wasn't going to asking him doesn't make sense. He was always going to say that the ownership is totally committed to winning because, um, they sign his paychecks, right? Like there's no reason to drag them <laughs> when you're under, under contract. But like, um, the most important thing that will be defined, that will define this next era of the Blazers is not, you know, what Dame demands and what Neil does. Like those are huge things there they'll have the biggest they'll have massive impacts and the coach will have a massive impact but the most important thing is how much ownership is willing to spend uh the the teams that win championships spend deep into the luxury tax and the blazers are going to be into the luxury tax but how deep they're willing to go will define define their success in this era um neil didn't get asked about that asking him is not particularly fruitful it's a better thing to ask him sort of um off of the record or behind the scenes, like really on background and see if you can, um, and, and then suss it out from there. The, the Allen estate, Jody Allen, Burt Cold at Vulcan, they're not going to speak to the media. We're never going to hear about it. But, um, when you're sort of parsing blame here over the next little bit, and I think this is kind of what these press conferences make us do. Is it Terry's fault? Is it Dame's fault? Is it CJ's fault? Is it Neil's fault? Um, you know, is it, <laughs> Is it Steve Rosenberry's fault? Y'all don't know who that is, but is it Ro- did Rosie do this? Is my question. Um, Google him. But uh, like the the people that will have the biggest impacts on all of this, on the coach, beyond the coach, beyond the star, beyond the GM, is is ownership. Ownership will define what happens next with this team, and I think that is an important thing to keep in mind when we're kind of taking this zoomed out lens of like who who screwed up in the past and who's going to get it right in the future. All right, today is supposed to be, is our typically our mailbag day, right? I record them on Monday nights and post them on Tuesdays. We're not going to do that today. We didn't do that today, rather. Um, already haven't. We're at the end of the show because the Neil Olshay presser, uh, at the time I was recording on Sunday when I said, hey, we're going to do it on Monday evening like we typically do. That was before the Blazers had sent out their sort of media alert. Uh, so I, I didn't know. I, I didn't mean to... Sc- get anyone's wires crossed in case you were getting excited to hear a mailbag episode and you didn't get that one. I think Neil talking is is better than mailbags. Mailbags will come back, though. We will do them Tuesday evening. Uh, I'll record it on Tuesday. It'll be in your feeds on Wednesday. So if you want to get involved in that, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Uh, those are the two ways to do it. So uh, like I said, it's our weekly mailbag show. So get your questions in uh, if, if you have not done so already. If you've already sent me them, don't worry. I've got the doc prepared. Uh, do me a favor. Tell your friends about this podcast uh blazer season is done locked on blazers ain't going anywhere we're still rolling along with daily episodes monday through friday all week long make sure you are listening and tell your friends to do so by searching wherever they already get podcasts for locked on blazers we'll be there waiting for you 
Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.